thank God, uh, the Lord's servant for coming again and ministering to us in song. I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3 for our scripture reading this evening. We're going to read from verse 1 of the portion of scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and beginning our reading at uh, verse 1 of the chapter. The story of the call of Samuel and that, that's what we want to look at uh, tonight. The verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house, which when I begin I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And, there, and therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee, I pray thee? Hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him, see, let him do what seemeth him good. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts. Let's just unite again in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we thank thee for the opportunity of meeting with thee afresh. We thank thee 
for the ministry and song already. We thank thee for the messages that have been brought as we've been brought to Calvary. We've been uh, exhorted to look to Christ. And we thank thee for the messages that come even through song. And we pray that thou wouldst continue to bless tonight and that thy word might have free course and be glorified. We pray that thou wouldst shut us in with thyself and mark this meeting with the mighty help of God. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. Now, young Samuel was in bed one night, and he was in bed in the temple or in the temple precincts. Now, the temple was not in the place that maybe you'd think the temple to be in the middle of Jerusalem. At that time, this predates the building of the uh, temple of Solomon. Uh, King Solomon would build his temple about 950 BC. But this is 100 years before that. And the temple or the tabernacle is pitched at Shiloh. And Samuel here has come to be in the temple. His mother had uh, given him to the Lord. Uh, She had prayed for a son and God had answered her prayers. And when he was old enough, or when he was weaned really, he was very young, he was given to serve in the temple. But there's a very significant phrase that is used of Samuel here in verse 7 of the portion of Scripture. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So here he is, he's in the temple, he's amongst the things that are holy, he's uh, helping in the preparations of the work of the Lord, but he does not yet know the Lord. Probably he was more in the place of worship than many other of the children of Israel, indeed uh, the vast majority of them, and there he is helping in the preparation of the worship of God, but he does not yet know the Lord. He has a godly mother who had prayed and had sought the Lord for him and was probably, no doubt, still praying for him at that time. But he still has not yet known the Lord. And he was going to be a prophet. He was going to be used of God in the days to come. But at this stage, he does not yet know the Lord. Neither is the word of the Lord revealed unto him. And here is the salvation, really, of this young man as God comes. And we read in verses 3 and 4, Ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And dear friend, if you're going to be saved by the grace of God, if you're going to come to know the Lord as you ought to know the Lord, then you're going to need to hear the call of God. You're going to need to hear the voice of God. God's going to have to speak to you through his word. He's going to have to speak to you in different ways in your life. You're not maybe going to have the call that Samuel did. Indeed, uh, you're not going to hear the outward voice of God as Samuel did. But God has got to come and speak to you. God's got to lay hold upon you. He's got to apply the word to your heart. And dear friend, unless God comes to call, unless you're hearing the voice of God speaking to you, then you will never 
come to heed the invitation. Indeed, you've got to get the invitation before you come. So we want to think about God's voice to the sinner. We're going to think about God's call to Samuel. He doesn't know the Lord. The word of God has not come to him. But now here is God breaking into the life. And oh, how I pray that God in his mercy might break into your life. So let's just think very simply tonight about the call that comes to this young fellow, Samuel, here. And I want you to see the gracious invitation of the voice. Look at verse 4. It says that the Lord calls Samuel. Samuel receives this, uh, one of the few audible calls from God that is recorded in the Bible. Now, as we look at the call, I want you to see, first of all, that it is a sovereign call. God called Samuel. Samuel didn't call the Lord. God came and God laid hold upon this young fellow. The Bible, we're told in the Bible how that our hearts had enmity against God. We're not going to call God in and of ourselves. The Bible says the carnal heart is enmity against God and is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. If you're going to think that you're going to call upon God sometimes, sometimes it's expressed like that. And indeed, in many ways, we have to call upon God in order to receive salvation. But the first thing is that God needs to call you. Now, in the Bible, we have two kinds of calls. There's the general call that goes out to men and women. God calls every man everywhere, all men everywhere to repent. And he uh, exhorts you, wherever you may be, to repent and turn. There is that call. And that's one that goes out to everyone. But then there's a, a specific and a special, a saving call that comes to individuals. And that's the call that we're talking about here. There is that specific sense in which people get that special call from God. That's the call that you need to hear if you're going to be saved. So this is a sovereign call. God comes to call. God comes to speak. But I want you to see that it is a gracious call. Here was a young boy. He's in the temple. And he was no doubt like many other people. He paid little attention to the things that were around him. Here he was as a youngster doing the tasks in the temple. And he was uh, amongst the sacrifices. But he'd become probably used to all of that. He's growing up, growing up here as a young boy amongst, amidst all of these things. And probably he is not paying that much attention to what is going on. And here he is. And God is gracious in that he comes and he breaks into the life of this little boy. God breaks in. And he comes specifically and graciously to this young boy here. And boys and girls in the meeting, I want you to see that God is interested in you. Sometimes maybe as you're young, you think to yourself, well, God wouldn't be interested in me. Nobody much pays attention to what I think. Nobody much pays attention to the things that I want or the things that I am interested in, except perhaps my mother and my father, teachers, whatever, there are those that are interested. But by and large, I'm counted as a child and my opinion doesn't count. But it counts with God. God's interested in you. Maybe you think to yourself, well, I'm uh, somebody that doesn't make 
much of an impact upon society. I'm somebody that's very quiet. I'm usually in the background. God wouldn't be interested in me. But I want you to see amongst all the people that were in the temple, amidst all of the priests and all of those that were ministering, God comes and God is interested in this little child. And God is interested in you. Here's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God, the mighty God of heaven. But in graciousness and in mercy, he comes into the life of this little child. It's a gracious call. And I'm glad that God is gracious. Maybe God is graciously speaking to you. He has spoken to you in times gone by as God's word has been preached. You have felt and heard the voice of God dealing with you. You have known that God has been speaking through his word and that's the voice, that's the call of God and God has been speaking to you and God has been gracious to you bringing you onto the sound of the word of God and has been dealing with you in many ways. But then I want you to see this call is not only sovereign and gracious, it's personal. You'll notice that he calls Samuel by name. We say as Samuel, and then in the last instance, he doubles it and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And as I say, there's a general call that goes out to men and women. God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. But then there is that gracious call by which God comes and deals with individuals personally. Maybe that's what I've been indicating. God has been dealing with you personally. And he calls this young fella, not in a general way, but he puts the name in, Samuel. You know, names are special in their meaning in the word of God. The word Hebrew for name, for name is Shem, and it indicates not just how you're called, but it indicates very often um, it's intricately bound up with your character, with your reputation. You think of how very often the character of God is indicated by the Scriptures. The Bible speaks about the name of the Lord. We come to him in the name of the Lord, and so on. And that phrase, the name of the Lord, functions like the appearance of God. It signifies God's self-disclosure. And we think of how he comes in holiness and in truth and you think about the many times in the Bible where it speaks about the name of the Lord. Isaiah 45 and 1, we read, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Verse 3 says that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. And both verses indicate that God has called by our name. I have called thee by thy name. It means he fully knows us. He claims us as his own. And here is God and he comes and he calls Samuel by name. He's claiming him. He's saying, you're mine. I have redeemed thee and called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Oh, what a wonderful thing. When God begins to put a stamp upon you. When God begins to put his name upon you. And when we come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we become child, children of God and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, what a wonderful thing 
that God comes with a personal call. But it's not only a personal call, it's an important call. You'll notice that he's called by name, but in the last instance, the name is doubled. Samuel. Samuel. Now, there are a number of instances in the Bible where the call of God is doubled. You think of how God called Moses. Moses. And there you have the man who brought the law, the lawgiver. And then we have how it says Abraham. Abraham. Abraham is the father of the faith. So he is the father of the faith. You have the lawgiver. And Samuel here is given a double call. And really he is uh, in, in the line, although Moses was a prophet as well. But here he is, the first of the line of the Old Testament prophets. And so you can see that it's an important occasion. There are other instances where the double call is made. But what does the double call mean? It means listen. It means sit up and take notice. This is important. And the call of God's important. When you hear the call of God, don't ignore it. Don't say no to God. Don't turn your back upon what God has to say. And here is Samuel, and he is uh, in the midst of all of the temple worship, and God comes and says, Samuel, oh, how important it is that we heed the call of God. Listen up. That's what God is saying to you today. Listen up. Hear what God has to say. And then it's a purposeful call. Because God is calling here for Samuel to do something, to be a servant and to follow him in all of his life. Dear friend, that's God's purpose. He wants to bring us into that place of deliverance. What is God's goal? That he might uh, make us into those who are like the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are dead and trespasses and sins are changed from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That's God's purpose. That's what he wants for you. That's why he comes in his word and brings the call. Through the preaching of the word, he brings the call. Because he wants to take you out of the darkness of sin. And lift you out of the mire and pit of sin. And set your feet upon the rock. And establish your goings. So we notice something here of the gracious invitation of his voice. But then I want you to think about the gradual discernment of the voice. Because Samuel didn't discern that it was the Lord straight away. He didn't really recognize that it was the Lord. Notice what we are told here in verses 5 to 8. It says, when he had heard the voice of God, the call of God the first time, he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the, the child. So here is uh, the call of God, but Samuel hears the call, and he thinks it's Eli. Well, who else would it be? He's the only one that's there. 
He's the only one in the whole of the place. Maybe it didn't sound like Eli, but he comes to the logical conclusion that Eli is the only one who can be calling him. And so he goes to Eli because he's really looking at it logically. He's never heard the Lord before. God's never spoken to him before. He's not expecting God to speak to him. And maybe that's the problem. He had never heard the Lord before. We we are told here in the very first verse of the portion of Scripture that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. So not only had Samuel not heard the Lord, and Eli hadn't heard the Lord for a long time, but nobody had heard the Lord. And suddenly God breaks in to this situation and God begins to speak. And Eli or Samuel's not expecting the Lord. He's never heard the Lord. And so he comes, he thinks about it logically. And he says to himself, it's got to be somebody speaking to me. There's got to be somebody out there who is speaking to me. And you know, many times when God speaks to people, they don't recognize that it is the Lord. And maybe in a gospel meeting, maybe God has been speaking to you in the past, and you're thinking to yourself, you're trying to think about it logically, that this, this, is, this is my conscience, or this is um, guilt in my heart about what I've done, and uh, these are things that are going to pass away, and you've heard the voice of God, and God has been speaking to you, and you're trying to dismiss it, and you're trying to uh, get to uh, some kind of logical explanation about this thing that is happening in your heart and in your life, and you're just trying to uh, explain it away. That's what Samuel was doing. And what a tragedy to miss the voice of God. What a, here was Samuel. He wasn't expecting the Lord to speak. And he nearly missed the call of God. Indeed, for two occasions that he did not hear the word of God. And maybe, maybe the word of God, the call of God has taken you by surprise. You weren't expecting God to speak to you. You weren't expecting God to speak to you tonight. You weren't expecting God to break into your life. And Eli eventually has to say that it wasn't him. But here's a young fella, and he's hearing the voice of God, but he doesn't recognize it. I wonder if that could be you. God has been speaking. God has been dealing with bringing up things. Things have been coming around and in different ways, maybe in the reading of the Word of God or going to meetings and the same things coming up. And God is speaking, but you haven't recognized that that's the Lord as yet. But not only do I see here the um, speaking voice of God, but I want you to think about the reason for it. Why did this young fellow not realize it was the Lord? Well, the answer to that is very plain, because he did not yet know the Lord. He didn't know the Lord. And you know, when you don't know the Lord, you've never heard his voice. It's very easy to dismiss what God is doing. You know, we're not used to the supernatural breaking in upon us. And maybe tonight, the reason why you're not recognizing God is speaking is just that. You don't know the Lord. God has been speaking to your heart. But not only do we see the reason for it, but I want you to think about the rectification of it. Because 
God has to break into this situation, and he brings Eli to the place where Eli recognizes that it is the Lord. And Eli then becomes the means of letting Samuel know that it is the Lord. He becomes the uh, helper, as it were, in the midst of this situation. Sometimes the Lord has to give you a helper, maybe a preacher. Maybe, as I've been speaking tonight, I've been your helper. And as God has been speaking to your soul, you begin to realize that God has been speaking to me. God has been dealing with me. But you know, sometimes we need the helper, a preacher, a friend, a family member who says, is God speaking to you? Has God been dealing with you? Have you been thinking about the things of God? Have those things been prominent in your life? Has, has the Lord been dealing with you in past days? Oh, dear friend, I want you to recognize that God has been speaking. Look at verse 9. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Here's a man who is his guide. And I want to be your guide tonight. I want you to lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only do I want you to see the reason for the voice, uh, or the reason for his rejection of the voice, and the uh, rectification of his rejection of the voice, but I want you to see the recurrence of the voice, the repetition of the voice, because God begins to speak not only once or twice, but three times. And God is gracious. You know, God could have said, Samuel, I've called you. You didn't listen. But God comes back and back and back again. You know, if God had called me only once, if God had spoken to me only once, I wouldn't be saved. I'd be on my road to hell because I rejected the Lord many times. I sat in meetings and rejected the Lord. My Sunday school teacher spoke to me many times and I wouldn't listen to what he had to say. And you know, if God had not dealt with us uh, graciously and if God hadn't spoken to many of us many times, if God hadn't come back and back and back again, many of us be lost. But the wonderful thing is that God speaks and speaks and speaks again. And God has spoken to you in the past. And maybe he's speaking to you again. But I want to say to you, don't presume on that. Because the Bible says, my spirit shall not always strive with man. You can't presume that you're going to hear the voice of God again and again. This might be the last time that God is speaking to you. So you need to close in with God's offer of mercy. But not only do we see the gracious invitation of the voice and the gradual discernment of the voice, but I want you to see the great response to the voice. Look at verses 8 and 9. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And I want you to see there's a response of spirituality here. The only way that Samuel could have responded positively to the call of God is that God had already worked in his heart. There is, when he responds positively to the call of God, there is a work of grace already done in his heart. 
And when we call upon God, when we seek God for salvation, it is because there has been a work of grace, maybe just instantaneously, just at that moment, there's a work of grace done in our hearts. We're not going to respond to God, as I said at the start, positively in and of ourselves, because our hearts are dead. But when Samuel says, speak, Lord, and he calls him Lord, he says, speak, Lord. That's a response of spirituality. And that's the response that we need from you. That's the response that God is calling from you. Speak, Lord. Will you ask God to speak to you? Will you be gracious enough to ask God to speak to you tonight and to respond positively to that call? It's a response of spirituality. He comes with all that it means, that repentance. He is saying, Lord, he is owning him as Lord and king of his life, and he's given his life to the Lord. And that's what we need to bring your all to the Lord. It's a response of subjection. He says, speak Lord, calls him Lord. The word Lord there is in capitals. This is Jehovah. He comes here upon the, uh, the word Lord there is the covenant God, the God of sacrifice, the God who came and made that great covenant of mercy upon the grounds of the sacrifice of our Savior there on the, on the cross of Calvary. It is upon the grounds of the precious blood that we are brought nigh to him. And all that is bound up on the word Lord, the covenant God, the God of mercy, the God who was willing to send his son to die on that cross of Calvary. And it is a response of subjection. I come to thee. I bow at the foot of the cross. I come pleading the merits of the precious blood of the Lamb. And all who come to God, and all who will respond positively to God, come upon the grounds and merits of the cross of Calvary. It's a response of subjection. And then it's a response of servanthood. He says, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Here he is. He becomes a servant of God. He responds to the call of God in salvation. It's like the Apostle Paul when he responded on the road to Damascus. And what did he do? It says in Acts 9 and 6, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And there is a change, a transformation. He becomes a servant of God rather than a servant of the devil. And he wants to know what God wants him to do. And that's what Samuel is saying really here. Lord, I'm your servant. I, I'm not going to live my life to my own pleasing or to the things that I want in my life. Lord, I'm your servant. And, it's not, and of course, that word servant means slave. But it's not a bondage slave. The, the Apostle Paul said, the love of Christ constraineth me. And we serve because we love the Lord and because he loves us and he's brought us into his family. When you uh, do something for your family, you don't do it out of a sense of uh, duty. Well, there is a duty. I suppose there's a sense of duty there. But we mainly do it out of a sense of love. We do it out of a sense that we love our family. We love our loved ones and we love those that are round about us, and we uh, would say we would do anything for them. And it's the same 
when we come to Christ, our lives are changed or transformed by the grace and power of God. And Samuel is saying, Lord, I'm your servant. I want to serve you with all of my heart. There's a change and transformation in his life. How? Upon the grounds that everybody comes to Christ. Upon the grounds and merits of Calvary. Oh, what a wonderful thing it was that evening when this young boy lays down his head, just a small boy laying down his head there in the dark, and he receives the call of God. God breaks in, speaks to him. God breaks in and speaks to this young child. And that night he is brought, and he knows now the Lord. And he has the, vo- the word of God revealed unto him. What about you, dear friend? Will you come? Will you heed the call of God? Will you close in with his offer of mercy? I pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. Will you come to the cross tonight and be washed in the precious blood of the Lamb? Let's just bow, please, in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for thy precious word to our hearts afresh tonight. We think of this young boy, Samuel, who did not yet know the Lord. And yet, Lord, we thank thee that he had the call of God. Thou dost in grace and mercy break into his life and call him by name. And, O oh, Father, we pray that thou wouldst call sinners by their names tonight, and may they come and close in with thine offer of mercy tonight. Save the lost. May they cry unto thee for salvation. May they cry uh, that they are sinners in the sight of a holy God, and ask God to cleanse them from their sins and wash them in the precious blood of the Lamb. Lord, bless thy word to our hearts, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. And can I say to you tonight that if you're not saved, maybe you're on the internet, maybe you're here, and you're not saved, young or old, then you can come and find the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. We're going to uh, close by singing a, a few verses of that last hymn there, 252, Softly and Tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. We'll sing the first two verses of the hymn and we'll stand again as we sing.
loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that thou wouldst part us in thy fear and with thy blessing now. We pray that grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit may rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. Be with us and part us in thy fear and blessing. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen.